Yes, my soul, find rest in God. My hope comes from him. Truly, he is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. So, friends, you may be seated. So I don't know about you, but it's been a week. Maybe it has been for you, maybe it hasn't been for you, but for me and for a lot of us at the church, it has been. There are many in our congregation, and January is famous for this every year, that are going through grief and stress and pain. And then for me, I've been going through my own stress and busyness and anxiety in life, just being transparent and honest here. And so even if this week hasn't been a week for you, you know what that feels like to have one of those weeks. Or maybe for you, there's something going on in your life that it's not a week, it's been a month. Or maybe it's been a year, or maybe it's been a season. And so we come into this space today acknowledging that life hasn't always been so peachy keen. Life isn't always perfect. Life doesn't always put us on this straight and narrow. It doesn't always let us go up and to the right. It doesn't always give us steps that make perfect sense. Life doesn't always go in directions that make it easy to trust in God. Life doesn't allow us to make it easy to keep our head up, to keep the faith, to take care of ourselves and these bodies that God gave us. But yet, this psalm proclaims, yes, my soul find rest, rest in God. So may we acknowledge today that life can be hard. May we acknowledge that sometimes we are longing for rest, perhaps a rest that feels like it cannot be found. So throughout the service today, we're reading these excerpts of Psalm 62. And one of the things I love about this psalm is how much it repeats, both in the verses we're reading and the ones we're not, how much it repeats this theme of trusting in God over and over and over again. It's like a mantra or like a lifeline. Like the psalmist knows that this is one of those things in life we just have to say over and over and over and over again out of the hopes that we can grab onto at least a little piece of it in a tiny sliver of a way. It's like we talked about with our confirmation students this week, these ideas of faith and doubt and struggle. None of it is new. John Wesley, who was the founder of Methodism, famously struggled with keeping his faith. He struggled with doubt and he found himself discouraged out of all the failures and negative things he had gone through in life. And so as a preacher, you know what advice was given to him? Someone told him to preach faith until he had it. And so this week, our youth curriculum translated it for general use for everyone, preacher and person alike. Fake it until you make it. Not bad advice. And so there's one side of this that we see in regards to this psalm. So we're reminded by these words and these songs and these liturgies that we're joining in today that sometimes you need to sing and you need to hear the words over and over and over again. Sometimes you do need to fake it until you make it. But there's another aspect here that I want us to all grab onto. We need to take comfort that many faithful Christians 
many heroes of the faith, whether they are theologians and church fathers and mothers who have gone on before us, like John Wesley, whether there are mentors and friends in our lives, whether they are pastors that you know well, we have been joined here in this place too. Faith and doubt can coexist. Life is not always going to be easy and make sense. Trusting can be hard because the ground seems too unsteady. The suffering too prevalent. The grief and loss seems too real. But when we are in these spaces, when we feel these feelings, we are encouraged. There are many faithful souls who have walked these roads felt similar feelings, have gone before us. And best of all, God is with us in those spaces too. We are not alone. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. So these ideas of rock and refuge and even that word of fortress from the first reading. So they make nice words and images, right? But they don't mean a lot to us, at least specifically, in our modern day context. I mean, we think of strong things, we think of secure things, but we don't have a special historical or cultural significance to any of these things. But to the original hearers of this psalm, to the original authors, all of these things, stones and rocks and refuges and fortresses, that meant a lot to them. So rocks and the ideas of creating buildings and structures, again, meant a lot. So the Exodus, a foundational story to the Israelites, these people. As they wandered through the wilderness, finally free from Egyptian captivity, in that place where they were finally creating their identity as a people, and they were relying on God. It was in that space, from a rock, that Moses brought forth water to them in the dry desert for sustenance. It was also during those days a structure, a pillar, both of cloud during the day and fire by night, led them. And told them where to go. And so when they finally arrived to their homeland, the Holy Land, Israel, it was 12 rocks, stones, that Joshua used to mark each of the 12 tribes, their people. And remember that miracle of parting the Jordan as the priest and the Ark of the Covenant, the presence of God, entered. And even King David, the author that this psalm was attributed to, used smooth stones to take down the giant Goliath who was terrorizing his people. So these images meant so much to them as a people. They are remembering and believing that God is their ultimate rock. God is their ultimate refuge and God is their ultimate fortress. It's this beautiful image of strength and of security that has permeated their culture through so many significant and pivotal moments that they have gone through. And they're remembering that this is what God is like, only bigger and better and stronger. 
And so when David brings up this image, not only is it a beautiful and foundational image for them, but it also reminds them of all the specific times that God was there, that God was faithful. It reminds them of all the things that they have been through as a people, all the things that they have survived, and that God was there getting them through all of those things. In the wandering of the desert, even though they had messed up, they had broken covenant with God, God provided water through a rock. God used a pillar to guide the way. The rocks represented the 12 tribes of their people, the miracle of crossing the Jordan, the joy of finally being in the promised land. And the rocks for David personally reminded him of that battle with Goliath that he got through with God's help. And of course, so much more. And so when we think about us, what would be our times? What would be our things, our images, our reminders of what has brought us through hard times? Perhaps it was a friend, a mentor, a pastor that was there for you in a rough season. Maybe it was something that they said a prayer that they shared, a scripture, or maybe it was just their listening and presence that got you through that rough time. Maybe it was a song that meant a lot to you and brought you encouragement and strength and peace when you needed it most. Or maybe for you it was a spiritual practice that you turned to during a difficult season, regular walks to decompress, a prayer practice that you resonate, a way to decompress and reconnect with God. All of those things can be our images. That God is with us in these practices. God is with us in those people. God is with us in the lyrics to these songs. God is our rock and our refuge. One day at a time, One step at a time, even when it seems hard, we can trust in God. We can find rest in God because God is our refuge. Surely the lowborn are but a breath, but the highborn are a lie. If weighed on a balance, they are nothing, together only a breath. Do not trust in extortion or put vain hope in stolen goods. Through your riches increase, do not set your heart on them. One thing God has spoken, two things I have heard. Power belongs to you, God, and with you, Lord, is unfailing love. And you reward everyone according to what they have done. So we can be tempted to put our trust in so many other things in life. We can try to put our trust in our own strength trying to get better or feel better or be better out of sheer force of will like that's going to work we can try to put our strength in what we have focusing on the stuff that we have in life trying to gather up material goods not realizing that there's so much more to life than having stuff so in this section this is what the psalmist is tackling he's encouraging readers to trust in god Not in things, not in goods, not in riches, not in power. None of that stuff will really satisfy. Our trust should be in God. And so God invites us into this place of healing and trusting and finding this unfailing love. 
not because of who we are, not because we've gathered up enough stuff or have a good enough reputation or any of that, but because of who God is. Because of grace. Because of God's unfailing love. And may that be something that is beautiful and restorative and healing for all of us. I think of people who have found that joy in giving and serving others, not focusing on themselves. So when I kept thinking, what's a story, what's a person that embodies this? I kept thinking of Bobby who is a former, um, my former church, Hyde Park United Methodist, he is still a member there. So I've mentioned him in a sermon before, but his story kept coming to my mind, so I feel like it bears repeating. So Bobby was a person who, at one time, when he sat down with our senior pastor, he told him he wasn't so sure about this faith thing. But then something changed. He began attending church more regularly. He began growing in his faith. But where Bobby really came alive was in being joyful and being generous and downright energized by sharing his gifts and resources with others. So Bobby worked in finance for a living. And he loved sharing his gifts and talents and resources in that way. So I was the small groups director, so he led financial-based small groups for me. And so I remember helping him set up his small groups to talk to people late at night about their budgets, about money, about spreadsheets. And those evenings, let me tell you, he would come in so eager, so excited, so happy to be there, to serve just as he was wired, just as he was gifted, just as he was needed. And so that joy was downright infectious because it came from this place of giving and serving just from what he had. And he didn't store up all the things that he had for himself. He shared them freely. In fact, he gave generously to the small group's ministry to make sure that that class he did was possible. He spread God's love in a very unique and special way to him that aligned with just how he was wired. And so my hope and my challenge and my prayer for all of us is that we can find ways to do that too. We can find ways into which we can live into that infectious joy by sharing our unique gifts and talents and our resources with others too. And we can take heart that by sharing our gifts can be ways in which we can change God's world for the better too. Just as we are, that we all have something unique to share. And so as we've taken time in this service today to make it one that is prayerful, one that is restorative, one that is reflective, there is another element that we want to bring into this. And it's healing oil. You may have heard of it before. You may have not. We've done it in the service in the past. So it's an ancient tradition. It is named in scripture. It's been used in the church for centuries. And we hope may it be healing and restorative to us today. Because healing oil is a tangible way. A tangible way. A physical way for all of us. To remember the trust that we have in God, even in the hardships and difficulties of life. Whatever those hardships or difficulties may be. 
That's going to be personal to you, whatever thing you may be going through. But whatever that thing is, the oil is a reminder that we are not alone. It's a reminder that we are loved. It's a tangible sign and way we can feel and hold on to that trust in God. So we'll join together as I read through this liturgy now. But we'll have the healing oil available in the back right below the tech booth. Gabrielle and I will be there during communion. And just to give you a little bit of wayfinding now, the oil that I have is scented. So that might help you, if you are not allergic to scents, to really feel that presence of God. But if you happen to be allergic to fragrances, Gabrielle is going to have just plain old soybean oil if you need it. But both, hopefully, will help you feel God's tangible presence as you need So hear the word of the Lord from the book of James. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. Friends, let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who could banish all affliction of both soul and of body, show forth your power upon those in need that by your mercy they may be restored to serve you afresh in holiness of living through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So friends, we want to thank you for being here today. And I also want to publicly thank our worship team and our tech team. So this was an idea Jeremy and I had toward the later end of this week. And then both of us got sick. So these wonderful volunteers and Brandon as a staff person helped coordinate this while we were trying to send them emails and text messages. So thank you guys for your volunteering, for your leadership. You're amazing. (laughs) And so I hope this has been a restorative and a healing time for you. And so as we prepare to go from this place, hear this benediction. Know that through the twists and turns and uncertainties of life, even in the difficulties, we are loved. God is with us. We can trust in that we are not alone. So may we take comfort in that, friends, and may we remember it is out of that love that we share that, we spread that with our world. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.